Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Uh, Today, we're in uh, the middle of a series called Ghost. Yeah, we're not talking about uh, ghosts that may be floating around people's houses. No, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And man, let me tell you something. It's one of the three parts of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not just a mystical wind. The Holy Spirit is a person, all right? This part of the triune nature of God himself, God the Father, the Creator God, God the Son, Jesus. He is the Savior, all right? And then we have God the Holy Spirit. He is the sustainer. You got the Creator, the Redeemer, and the sustainer. He is the gift that God left for us after Jesus ascended so that we would have a companion in trying to navigate life. And I'm so thankful to talk about the Holy Ghost today. So if you got your Bibles, man, this was the message to come to for this series. I waited on purpose till Pentecost Sunday because we about to talk about speaking in tongues. Oh man, I get excited talking about this. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I, I, I promise you, man, these verses are going to bless your life. These are the quintessential Pentecost verses, okay? Acts 2, 1 through 4. I'm reading on an NIV, read something like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. I love that. They even saying it in the studio. Man, y'all preach with me. It's going to help me preach harder and preach faster, okay? I will get you to brunch quick today if y'all preach with me. All right, here we go. Say suddenly. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, I love this, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I love that, as the Spirit enabled them. Today, if we're taking uh, uh, notes on this message in this ghost series, I've entitled it this, The Power of Pentecost. The Power of of Pentecost. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that would be watching this message today, that would be listening to this message, and that would hear it even later on. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. God, don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will be open and receptive to a message that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that somebody gets to know him in a fresh, new way. And I also pray that, God, not only will we be acquainted with you, the Father, not only will we be acquainted with Jesus, the Son, but we would be acquainted, well acquainted, with the Holy Spirit, the gift that you left here for us. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would inhabit us in such a way. And God, I pray that people that have been looking for a prayer language, God, uh, a a heavenly language, God, a language that uh, is not their native language, God, a language in the spirit. I pray, God, that they would receive that today. I pray that they would have faith to believe it, God, because it's going to empower them and encourage them as they continue to live this Christian life. I declare that and I believe that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen 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 why don't y'all take about five seconds and give jesus a shout of praise here we go one two three go i like that see see joel man i love you man you you get you get me fired up you got him clapping in the background so we're gonna we're gonna clap we're gonna shout today i love it i love it and just so you know 
I promise you, we're not going to stay online forever, man. We already planned out the summer, and oh my goodness gracious, we always going to have an online presence because we got folks that don't live in South Florida that want to be a part of Cool Church, and we always going to have a place for you. But I promise you, Cool Church, we are working, things are moving, and we're going to get some in-person services going pretty soon. So stay tuned. I promise you, God's moving. He's doing something. Amen? All right, here we go. Pentecost Sunday. Let's talk about Pentecost Sunday and let's talk about its history a bit before we uh, dive into speaking in tongues. Now, Pentecost Sunday traditionally is 50 days after Easter. So if you're looking at the Christian calendar, whenever we celebrate Easter Sunday, which is the, the, the resurrection, celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, on our calendar, 50 days after is the time of Pentecost. Now, the Jews traditionally, they celebrated Pentecost, but for different reasons, not for the same reasons as the Christian church. 50 days after the exodus from Egypt, the Jews, they received the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, and they, they, they celebrate Passover as the time that they got the commandments of the Lord at Mount Sinai, okay? So, so that is what they do, and they celebrate that 50 days after Passover, okay? So that's, that's the tradition, and that's the history um, behind it. Christians, we, we celebrate Pentecost a little bit differently because, man, we really believe it's like the birthday of the Christian uh, church because it marks the day that the Holy Spirit falls on the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 that I just read to you. It was about 120 believers up there. Jesus, before he ascends to heaven, he says, hey, go back to the city and wait. I have a gift that my father wants to give you. Just go and wait. And they went up 120 of them in a hot room and they prayed and they believed and they just waited, man. And then the Holy Spirit showed up and it said that tongues of fire were on people's heads. It says a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came into the room and everybody just starts speaking in tongues. Now, when we talk about speaking in tongues, there's a lot of taboo that goes along with tongues. People like, you know, I, I've heard folks, believers and non-believers, because there's believers that don't speak in tongues. They're like, oh, yeah, that's just something that, that God did back then. Uh, that's, that's, it's biblical in his history, but God, he doesn't move like that now. Like, we don't speak in tongues now. There's people outside the faith that say, man, that's just ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's silly. Like, like, like what's this made-up language? Like, you, you made that up. Like, to which my response would be, aren't all languages made up? All languages are made up, but tongues is a little different. You say, I, I don't know, man, but I can't, I, can't, I can't understand it. Well, you know, if, if, if you, especially if you live in South Florida, South Florida is a part of the United States, but South Florida is different from the rest of Florida because when you live down here, what you know is you will run into people from all different nationalities, from all different parts of the world. You will step in an elevator and you will hear multiple languages. And here's what I would say to the person that says, I don't understand it so it can't be real. There's a lot of languages that you do not understand, but it does not make them less real. When I travel throughout the world and I go places, one, thank God my wife goes with me because she knows multiple languages. But man, when we go to Europe and they start speaking French, I have no idea what they are saying. But guess who does? She does. I think it sounds like nonsense because I do not understand it. But just because I do not understand it does not make it any less real. Tongues, you have to be very, very understanding when you're trying to comprehend what it's all about because you can be turned off by things that you do not understand. So better than understanding, I pray that God gives you revelation about this today because you don't have to necessarily understand it in order for it to be real. Before we get uh, into talking about tongues spiritually and practically, let's talk about it scientifically, if you will. Um, the scientific term for tongues is a term uh, that is called glossolalia. 
Say that 10 times fast. Glossolalia. And glossolalia literally means um, uh, that speaking in tongues is a phenomenon in which people speak in a language that is unknown to them. So if I speak in tongues right now, I don't know what I'm saying. It is a language that is unknown to me, but I am speaking it out. That is glossolalia. And glossolalia has been studied by institutions all throughout time. Uh, Recently, uh, Rutger University, they did a study on glossolalia. And the associate professor of linguistics, Paul Delancey, he did a study And he he had an interesting theory about glossolalia or about tongues. And in his study, he has a theory that the same cognitive mechanisms that allow babies to speak in babble, you know, like when babies say goo goo gaga and we don't know what. Side note, you ever had a conversation with a baby? Like babies are real convinced about what they be saying. They be like, like they're saying, I don't know what they're saying. But the baby, the baby, the baby is saying, the baby is trying to communicate something. We don't understand that, but the baby, go, go, So what the professor is saying is that the same cognitive mechanisms that babies use to babble are the same cognitive mechanisms that we tap into when we speak in tongues. Once again, science it's not proving the Bible wrong. Science is proving the Bible right. The same cognitive mechanisms that babies use to communicate and babble, in theory, could be the same cognitive mechanisms that believers use when we speak in tongues. The issue is, is that early on, children are taught that babble is nonsense. So we move from speaking in Babel, and over time, we transform our language and our sounds into the native language that we are used to hearing and the one that we are taught the most. Your Babel, the cognitive mechanisms that allow babies to babble, the cognitive mechanisms that allow us to speak in tongues, after a while, as a child, we unlearn how to use those mechanisms to be an adult and speak in a language that we understand. Oh my God, I want want y'all to truly understand this because when I hear thoughts like that and I hear theories like that, it reminds me of things that I've heard in the Bible when Jesus says, you must come to me like a child. Why do we need to come to Jesus like a child? Because children... They are so unlearned that they don't limit the possibilities of their lives. Children have this thing that adults have forgotten about long time ago, and it's called imagination. This is why we must have childlike faith, because when you have childlike faith, you believe without seeing, you believe without knowing. The problem is children that build bridges to the pathways of their imagination grow up to be adults and build walls to the imagination that they once allowed to operate freely within them. So Jesus says, come like a child. Like if, if you really, if you really want to have faith, you got to come to me like a child because the adult mind builds up all these barriers to the possibilities. We serve the God that wants to do infinitely more than we can ask, imagine, or think. But because we're an adult, we think we know, so we limit the things that God can do. This is why we walk by faith, not by sight, because what we see or what we know limits what God wants to do within us us. But we got to come with this childlike faith because childlike faith, in essence, can give us access to the deeper things of the Spirit. Maybe if you truly want to understand the Spirit, maybe if you truly want to understand speaking in tongues, God is asking us to come to Him as a child so we will not limit what he wants to do through us. If you want to understand the things of the spirit, the deeper things of the spirit, the Bible's calling us to have some childlike faith. I love what 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11 says. It says, rather it is written that 
No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. I love this, verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by his what? By his spirit. Didn't say that God has revealed it to you by your brain. Did not say that God has revealed it to you by your thoughts. It says that God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Why? Because the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except for his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. We speak in tongues to communicate with God in a language that we don't understand in our physical minds because our physical minds cannot understand the things of the spirit. Only the spirit can understand the things of the spirit. But I love that I have a prayer language that the Bible says is a direct communication. It is a direct connect, a direct access point to God. Not only do I not understand it, the enemy does not understand it. Some of us, we're praying for the same things all the time. I wonder why we fall into the same traps because you're saying things and you're giving the enemy a clue about where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish. But when I speak in tongues, it's a direct line between me and my father and the enemy is mad because he cannot decipher our communication. It is spirit speaking to spirit. The first week of ghost, I told you that we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. Often we learn how to pray with our bodies because we open our mouth. We learn to pray with our soul because our soul talks about the things in our mind. But often we do not learn how to pray with our spirit, but the Bible says that the prayer of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is the perfect prayer because you're not even praying your will anymore. You're praying the will of God. It is the perfect prayer to pray the will of God in order to understand, in order to decipher, in order to connect with the spirit. We must pray in the spirit and you will be hard pressed to go deeper in your faith without a willingness to access your spirit. There's only so far that your body and your soul can take you. The spirit must take you the rest of the way. And the comprehension of the spirit is beyond what the Bible says, anything that you have seen, anything that you have heard, or anything that you have imagined. So I'm more concerned about accessing the spirit than understanding it. To me, uh, I don't understand it, so I can't use it. I, honestly, if I if I can be, can I be can I be real? I don't I don't care if I never understand it, because there's so many things in life that are good for me that I don't understand, but I go crazy when I can't access. Let me tell you something. There may be some people that have studied certain things and they understand them, but there's so many things that we use on a constant basis that we have no understanding of, but we go crazy the moment that we cannot access. How many people actually understand electricity? Do you really like understand? Like there's a power going through um, little metallic wires with rubber sheathing on it. Do you like really understand how electricity flows? Can you give me a dissertation on, on, on conduits? Can, do you really understand what FPNL, Florida Power and Light knows about your electricity? Most people do not. I know I don't, but I don't care to understand it. I want to access it because I got a problem. When my power go off, I'll be like, Hey, hey, uh, there's something wrong in my neighborhood. They're like, we know, Mr. Wilson, there's something wrong in the whole neighborhood. I don't care what y'all got to do. Y'all better got to get this power going. I might not understand what's going on with it, but I got a problem when I can't access it. You say, oh, that's just one thing. Okay, electricity wasn't enough for you. Let me ask you this. How many people actually understand Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi. It's an invisible signal that is traveling apparently everywhere at all times. And if you pay a company enough, you can have this invisible signal, Wi-Fi, in your house. Because of Wi-Fi, you can watch me right now talk about Wi-Fi right on your screen. You can talk, you can hear me talking about Wi-Fi right on your phone because you are connected to your Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi is awesome. But let me tell you something. Everybody right now in the sound of my voice, you will have a heart attack the minute that the Wi-Fi cannot be accessed. Do you understand Wi-Fi? No. You got a problem when you can't access it though. 
Like I felt so useless in my house. The other day, the, the Wi-Fi went out, and I, and I just sat there. I was like, what do I do now? What, what, what do I do? Where's, where's the Wi-Fi? Where, it's invisible. I can't see it. Isn't it always there? Why can't I access it? I don't need to understand something in order to know that I need to access it. I think too many people spend so much trying, trying to understand the things of the Spirit and less time trying to access the things of the Spirit. I want you to understand that speaking in tongues is a gateway. It is not the deeper things of God speaking in tongues, but it sure is access to it. See, speaking in tongues, the reason that it's the first thing that happened to the believers is because some people will try to fool you and make you believe, oh, you got to be walking with Jesus forever and then you'll finally get your spiritual language. No, the Bible says repent and be baptized as the prerequisite for speaking in tongues because Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit wants you to know that that access point is just the beginning to the deeper things that God wants to reveal to you through his spirit. It's complicated, but it ain't as complicated as you're trying to make it. Stop trying to understand it and be more concerned with trying to access it because I don't have to fully understand speaking in tongues and the Holy Spirit. But if I can't access it, it's going to stop me from functioning at my highest potential. I love having a prayer language because it helps me function. I'm not saying you can't function. I'm not even saying that you need tongues to get to heaven. There is nothing biblical that I can cite to qualify that statement. But if it is a gift that God has for me, as Acts chapter 1 14 says, Jesus says, wait on the gift that the Father has promised. If God has a gift for me, why wouldn't I want all of it? Oh, it's like it's like my parents, man, when I was a kid, they bought me a remote control car for Christmas, but they didn't give me the batteries. I can't use it. I don't want a gift if I don't if I can't fully use it. I want everything that God has for me. I don't necessarily need to understand it, but I know I need to access it in order to live to my full potential. And today I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. And if you really want to access it in new ways through this revelation of speaking in tongues, the gift can be yours if you have faith to receive it. A few things I want to tell you and we'll get out of here. I promise you, let me be short and sweet. And the first is, you might be asking this question today. Okay, pastor, you made it sound good. All right, I ain't got, I, I don't even care about understanding more, no more. I just want to access it. Well, 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 who can have it then? Who can have it? Can I have it? Who, who can have this gift of speaking in tongues that is the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, the truth is God wants all of us to have it. This is a gift, and he designed it for all of his children, not just some of his children, for all of his children. All, all, who? all believers have access to the gift of speaking in tongues. And the Bible qualifies it in Acts 2, 17 and 18. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on what? All people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Let me stop right there because one, all means all, but I love what the apostle is telling us because it breaks it down even more. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All means all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I love that because the speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Spirit is not gender exclusive. It says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. But then look at what it says. It says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Oh, it is not exclusive based upon generation or age because the Bible is telling me it's for the young and it's for the old. I love that. So some of the OGs that, that, that was like, yeah, one day you're going to get to my place. Let me tell you something. It ain't just for the OGs. It's for the, it's for the young guns. It's for the young kings and the young queens too. It's for all of us. But then look, it goes even further. It says, even on my servants, both men and women. What does that tell me? It does not matter what gender. It does not ma matter what age. It also does not matter what class. 
It says on my servants. It's not just for the rich, it's for the poor. It doesn't matter where you find yourself on the spectrum. This is for all of us. It says, I will pour out my spirit on, in those days and they will all prophesy. Look what Acts 2.21 says. It says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Once again, I want to rest on that word Every one, okay? You don't have to have a theology degree to speak in tongues. It says every one. And then look what Acts 2, 38 through 39 says. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love that. The promise, get this, is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. In context to when this was written, the, the, he would say, hey, this thing called the Holy Spirit, this power is not just for you, it's for your children and those who are far off. Who was the Bible talking about when it says that? He was talking about us, saying, hey, it wasn't just for a past time, it's for the present time, and it's for all those in the future that will confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. He says, once you repent and are baptized, it says you will have the power of the Holy Spirit. So the only prerequisite, according to Scripture, to speak in tongues is to repent. He says, repent. He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, repent, repent. Why, why, why do you have to repent in order to be able to speak in tongues? I'm going to tell you, because you can't expect the Spirit of the living God to dwell in you and communicate through you if your spirit is not in tune with his. Uh, let me explain more. John 3, 5 through 6, when Jesus is, is, is talking to the Pharisee Nicodemus, look what he tells him. He says, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and born of spirit. What does that mean? Born of water. That's the natural birth. The birth, we all were birthed out of our mother. We were birthed through water. It speaks to the physical birth. Water is a symbol of life. It speaks to the physical birth. You must be born of water, born of spirit. What does spirit mean? It means you're born again. You believe that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, and you are born again. So you are born of water out of your mother. You are born in spirit through the Holy Spirit because we believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord. We believe that he died on the cross and rose again. So we are reborn in our spirit. It says flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Water speaks to the natural birth. The spirit uh, speaks to the birth of the eternity that is on the inside of you. God wants to make sure that if his Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, it's in a place that is going to thrive. Like, let me, let me put it like this. You ever gave somebody something? Like you gave somebody something that meant a lot to you? Like you gave somebody a gift? I know me. If I give someone a gift, especially if it's something that I've previously owned, I want to make sure that the gift that I give you will benefit you, but I also want to make sure that the gift that I give you will benefit from being with you. Okay, I'll break that down even more. All right, well... I, I'm a I'm a sneakerhead. That's what they call uh, people that like shoes more than a lot of people um, in <laughs> in this culture. I'm a I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead. I got I got shoes that are probably 15, 20 years old. I, I'm the guy that keeps all my boxes. I'm the guy that that like takes a toothbrush and I rub my shoes. People always think I have new shoes. No, it's the same old ones that I keep wearing over and over and over again because I like to take care of my sneakers. And throughout history, it is rare, but I have given pairs of sneakers away um, to people that mean a lot to me. And the prerequisites for me to give you a pair of sneakers, if I give someone a pair, I want to know three things. I want to know if they're going to appreciate them. I want to know if they could actually use them. And I want to know if they're going to take care of them. I need to know you're going to appreciate it. I need to know you're going to use it. I need to know you're going to take care of it. Why would I give someone something who doesn't care, won't ever use it, and is going to mistreat it? If I won't give sneakers to a human being because I'm scared that they don't care, won't ever use it, or mistreat it, 
Why in the world will God allow his spirit to be inhabited inside of a person that does not care about it, will not ever use it, and is going to mistreat it? This power is reserved for children of God that have confessed and believed that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior because they're going to really use it and they're going to get the most out of it because they appreciate what had to happen for them and able to be able to get it. I don't want the spirit. God doesn't want the spirit in places that it's not appreciated, that's not going to be used, and that people ain't going to take care of. Who can have it? Anybody that repents and believes that Jesus is the Lord and Savior because they're going to take care of the gift that God wants to give them. Oh, where, where do I have to be to get it? Where do I have to be? Where you have to be, it's not about a physical place. You don't have to be in a specific place, but you do need to be in agreement with God. Where you need to be in order to speak in tongues is in agreement with God. You ever been to somebody's house and um, say it's a couple's house that you go to when they're like good friends of yours, husband and wife, and you're sitting around the dinner table and, and you know, they, they was having a weird kind of awkward day, but, you know, they put on their smiles like right before you showed up, you know, to make it seem like everything's okay. You're sitting at the dinner table and they keep pushing that, that beach ball down, you know what I'm saying? But, but you push that beach ball under the water long enough, like somebody's going to say something random and that thing's going to sprout up and you're going to be sitting at that dinner table and somebody makes a comment, but they just, they say, they said one word too many. They just, they, they, they was being a little petty. And that little pettiness hit at the wrong time. And next thing you know, that couple whose house that you love so much that you thought was awesome, men and women of God, they having an argument right in front of you. And you sitting at the dinner table like this. You, you sipping your tea because you, you, you trying not to pay attention to the nonsense that's going on at the table. And you know what happens? A gathering that was beautiful can become awkward really fast. You know why? Because nobody wants to be in spaces where people disagree. People hate being in spaces where there's a disagreement. And God, the thing about him is that he loves to be in spaces where people agree. He loves it. Why? Because his word will tell you crazy things happen when God's people get together. The truth is, God is everywhere, but he moves in atmospheres of faith where people can agree on something because conditions become ripe for a miracle. See, Pentecost is very important because the disciples in that upper room, all 120 of those Jesus followers, they get into this upper room. Yes, it's a physical place, but more than the physical place that they were, there was, a, there was an atmosphere of unity that they had. Jesus says, hey, go and wait for the gift. They all anticipate that there was an atmosphere of expectation. They were waiting and they were agreeing and they were probably all praying, God, we can't wait for this gift, please. They were probably praising, probably singing songs. They were thankful because Jesus was alive. Everybody agreed. And the Bible says in Acts 1, 14, it says, they all joined, they all joined, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. So they were all in a room praying. All their hearts agreed. And side note, I love that it says they were all together constantly in prayer along with the women. If God didn't want women to preach, why did he allow them to have power at Pentecost? I just want to say that because we get a lot of ugly comments on, on social media every time my wife 
uh, preachers, and I never usually clap back, but I'm in clap back mode today. If women aren't supposed to be preachers, how come they receive power at Pentecost? I love that the power of Pentecost was not just secluded to a boys club of the disciples, but the women were there, and not just the women. The mothers were there. The children were there. They were all there, and they agreed constantly in prayer, and the power broke out. Why? Because God does not just need strong men of God. He needs strong women of God in order to continue to carry the gospel forward. If you believe that, say amen. If you don't believe that, email me at TerrenceWilsonDoesNotCare.com and I will promptly not respond to your email. Thank you. Look at, they all joined together constantly along with the women and married mother of Jesus and his brothers. Look at Acts 2, 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Don't you see the unity in the verse? God is not a divisive God. He brings people together. And church, I know that we have not been physically together for a long time, but I love testimonies like Whitney's that we heard today because we might not be in the same building, but we all share the same spirit. That's why the work of the community is getting done because we continue to agree that no matter how far we physically are apart is, it does not matter because we have the same heart. We have the same spirit. We have the same soul. And I promise you, God will continue to actively work miracles through this house because because we know how to agree. If you believe that, say amen. amen. The power of agreement produces the perfect storm called the Holy Spirit that shows the world God's power through us. What do you have to be to get it? In agreement with God. But when will it come? When? When will it come? Suddenly. It's going to come suddenly. Acts 2, 2, it says, suddenly, I love that, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Suddenly, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting. It's all of a sudden because it's spirit enabled, not learned. It's all of a sudden we can speak in tongues all of a sudden, because it's spirit enabled, it is not learned. I cannot teach you five points on how to get the power of the Holy Spirit. It probably will not work. Nobody taught the disciples how to speak in tongues because it was not learned. The Bible says they all began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them. Enabled them. You got to experience it for yourself. It's going to happen the way it's going to happen for you. I can't give you five points to success in speaking in the spirit. God will, not only will he enable you, he's going to reveal it to you. I, I never forget. First day I moved into college because I start thinking like about my folks. Like I, I remember when they, they, they drove off. But when I was, what I, what I was thinking about was when I was younger. When I was younger, my mom, every time that she would go somewhere, she would leave the house. And every time she did not take me, I say, Mom, where are you going? And she had the same response every time. She said, Terry, I go in my. I said, What? Mom, where are you going? I go in mad. She's from the island. So she was saying, I'm going mad. And I was like, Mad? Where's that? Can I go? I go in mad. I'm like, what is this mad place? Is mad a place that adults go to and like kids ain't allowed? Like where? I'm like, why is why is my mama going mad all the time? Like mad, like 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 that don't seem right. I feel like she go mad more than she go to church. Like what, what's going on with my mama? She always going mad. Fast forward to me going to college, and my parents kissed me on the cheek and said goodbye, son. See you in four years. And I sat on that little skinny mattress in that dorm room, and I started getting emotional thinking about my parents and thinking about my family that I missed. I was a kid from Carroll City, stuck in Baltimore, Maryland. I didn't know what to do with myself, and I started reminiscing on all the things my parents taught me. 
And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I just heard my mother's voice. I go in mad and I just bust out loud. I was like, oh, snap. I just got it. My mother was trying to tell me she's going mad. She was trying to tell me I was driving her crazy. It took me 18 years to realize that every time my mama was leaving the house and she didn't want to take me, that I was driving her crazy. I started laughing and I stopped. I was like, man, that's me. This woman been telling me her whole life. I, I'm, I'm a blessing. I'm an, I'm an angel. I'm a, I'm a blessing from God to you. To you, mama. And you telling me I'm making you, I'm, I'm driving you mad? I'm driving you crazy? As mean as I thought it was, I still tell that to Valencia <laughs> to this day. And she's like, dad. Like, dad, like she got her preteen angst now, right? So she's like, daddy, like, where you going? I'm like, I'm going mad, girl. See you later. She's like, dad, where's mad? You're always going mad. Like, <laughs> Oh, she's probably watching this right now, so she's going to be like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I love it because in, in a moment where I wasn't thinking about something, it just was revealed to me. I wasn't, nobody, nobody taught me what it meant, but in a moment, something that seemed so foreign to me for so long, was revealed to me and it was a revelation in my spirit that was able to decipher a mystery that had been in my life for so long and here's what I want you to understand that's exactly how the power of the Holy Spirit will fall on you. You might have heard it, heard about it a lot. A bunch of people might have talked about it, but one day in the presence of God, it's just going to hit you like a ton of bricks because we serve the type of God that always likes to give revelation to his people suddenly. It's never when you want it, but it's always on the right time. Our God is never on schedule, but he is always on time because he is the God of suddenly suddenly a ram was in the thicket for Abraham to be able to sacrifice suddenly the seas parted for Moses so that the people could make a mass exodus from Egypt suddenly the fire came down and burnt up the altar where Elijah was so that he could defeat the prophets of Mount Carmel suddenly a man picks up his mat and walks suddenly blind eyes are open suddenly the same disciple Peter that denied Jesus three times was empowered by the Holy Spirit and he preached a message and thousands of people got saved in a moment. Suddenly your bank account can change. Suddenly your lost son or daughter can come home. Suddenly your marriage can be fixed. Suddenly God will give you that house. Suddenly you will close that deal. Suddenly the friend that stabbed you in the back, y'all will reunite once again. Suddenly God will do something in you that you were not expecting. Suddenly you can make a change. Suddenly, you will find your purpose. We serve the God of suddenly. We serve a suddenly kind of God. I love God because so many things that he understands that we can't learn. So he has to reveal them to us suddenly. Lastly, why do we need it? Why? Why do I need to speak in tongues? It sounds foolish. Why? Why, why, do, why do I need it? It's going to empower you to live a life that spreads a message about Jesus. It's why you need it. It's going to empower you to live a life. Live a life that spreads the message about Jesus. So how do you know that? The first thing Peter did, I like to call Peter the big mouth disciple because he was always saying something stupid. He was always putting, putting his foot in his mouth. Read it. Read it. First thing he did after he speaks in tongues, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and he preaches Jesus. He preaches Jesus crucified 
and resurrected. And literally, thousands of people get saved. Like, there was a boldness on Peter that he never, ever had before he spoke in tongues. He had a different kind of boldness. Look at what Acts 2, 22 through 24 said. These are his words. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. Bold words from a dude that denied Jesus three times. I want to encourage people that may be in this room, that may be on Zoom, that may be watching online right now. Maybe you're a believer and you haven't been living a life that expresses who you are boldly because you're scared of what people might think about you. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, it gives you a boldness and a power to proudly express the right thing while the world constantly expresses the wrong thing. I get so sick of looking at media often because all I hear propagated in the media is nonsense while Christians sit back silent and we actually know the right thing to believe in. We got the answer in Jesus, but so many of us are too scared to say it. And I love what Acts chapter 2, 37, 2 or 37 says. It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. The coward disciple, the big mouth disciple, the foot and mouth disciple says, y'all killed Jesus. But praise God, he's been resurrected. You, you have to understand, they was hiding from house to house. They didn't want the authorities to know that they even ran with Jesus because Christians were getting killed at the time. And this dude stands up in public. Y'all killed Jesus. But he ain't dead. He's alive. And I love it because the Bible says that his words... They cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, they went from clowning them. Hey, man, y'all drunk? Peter said, no, fool, it's only nine in the morning. We ain't drunk. We filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And y'all killed Jesus, but thank God, he ain't dead. He's alive. The word cuts them to their heart. And they go from, man, y'all fools drunk to brothers. What shall we do? <laughs> they went from criticizing to asking questions. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit that spoke through Peter. And I want somebody to hear me today. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be a teacher or a preacher. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, there's things that God will speak to you that's going to cut straight to people's hearts. You can talk and live with passion and conviction. Because of the Holy Spirit on you, you can be bold. You don't have to be scared when they're gossiping at the water cooler at your job. You can come in and you can shut stuff down because it's like, man, you can say, I, 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 we, don't, we don't talk about people like that, man. We, we, don't, we don't gossip about people like that, man. We don't know what that person is going through, man. We, hey, we better than this. Why don't we love them instead of talking about them? We can always be bigger with the power of the Holy Spirit. And us, and I loved that the same power that God used to start the church by sending the Holy Spirit to the upper room is the same Holy Spirit that God wants to work in us today. That's why when people say, oh, tongues is just for the Bible, just for the apostles in the upper room. If God started the church that way, why wouldn't he want to continue it with that same power? God's plan isn't bigger buildings. God's plan isn't bigger influence. God's plan is a bigger spirit in his children. Because if we have a bigger spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit, this world will change for the better, not for the worse. Because we decided not to be scared, not to sit back, but to stand up and speak boldly about the God that is not dead, but he is alive and well and he sits at the right hand of the Father advocating for you and me not because we deserve it but because we share the same spirit
Oh, man. I want you to understand. This power, man, all you got to do, if you really want it, you just got to do what Peter said. You say, how, how do I get it? Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent. <laughs> repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. That's all you got to do. Repent. Repent and believe. Repent and believe that Jesus died for you and he lives for you. It says in you, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray right now for anybody that wants to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, but you got to do the first thing. You, you got to repent. You got to repent. Because God's not going to give you a gift if he's not sure that the gift will be taken care of. So you got to fix the heart first. And you can't fix it. But Jesus died on the cross. Because when he died on that cross, he said it was finished. And he fixed it once and for all. So right now, I don't know who I'm talking to on the count of three. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to repent because I, I want the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through me. Wherever you are, if that's you, count three. I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough. I don't need to see it. God sees it. I can't see it unless you're on Zoom. <laughs> More than your hand, God sees your heart. And you know what he's seeing right now even before we've said this prayer? Oh, that place right there, they not only need my Holy Spirit, not only do they want it, but man, that looks like a good place for my spirit to dwell because they're going to take care of my spirit and I know they'll actually use my spirit because they appreciate my spirit. So right now, if your hand is raised, I just want you to do what Romans 10, 9 says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart is raised from death. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it. But I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You said that prayer, you're a brand new creation. You've done the first part. You've repented. That's the only prerequisite. You said, now what I do? I got to read, read my Bible front to back, cover to cover. I got I to know Jesus for a long time. No. Now you got to believe. Now you got to believe. I'm going to say one more prayer. And before, before we pray this prayer, I just want to give you some context because a heavenly language, man, is such a beautiful thing. Like I said previously, it's the perfect prayer. You're not praying your will. You think you know what you need for your life? No, your spirit knows exactly what you need for your life. And it's going to be a direct prayer from your mouth to God's ears that only he understands. That anybody does not understand, you don't understand, God understands. And you're going to pray his will. I've often told people, if you want to always get what you want, pray God's will. When you want what God wants, you always get what you want. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You pray the will of God. But then, it not only is praying the perfect prayer, but I love this. It's encouragement. It's strength. Man, there's times I get into a situation, I don't even know what else to say. I don't even know what else to pray. I start praying in tongues. Man, I start to get encouraged. I'm like, you know what? I'm not living this life by myself. I got my Heavenly Father back in me. And all I got to do is talk to Him, and I know that I'm all right. So I begin to pray in that heavenly language, man. And I get encouraged and I get strengthened. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says this, and I want to caution you as I say this. In 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, it says, The natural man, listen, the natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you right now, your flesh is going to say, that's stupid. That pastor, he done filled your head with a bunch of lies. You going to believe that? You, you, you going to make him, you, you, he going to make you say something crazy because he crazy too. That's what your, your flesh already saying that. 
It's already saying that. But the natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because, what's the Bible say? They are spiritually discerned. Spirit speaks to spirit. The spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We can understand the spirit because we have the mind of Christ. I, I got the mind of Christ. If you just confess and believe you do, you got the mind of Christ. So what's going to happen is your flesh is going to say that the things that your spirit wants to speak are stupid because here's what happens. I'm going to pray and it's not my prayer that releases the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. The Holy Spirit already lives in you. You can't even accept Jesus without it. Okay. Holy Spirit already lives in you. There's already power inside of you. But if you really want to speak in tongues, what will happen is if you have faith, sounds that sound like babble, we make fun of and we, we, we try to teach people how to speak because when they babble, it doesn't seem normal. Let me tell you something. What's about to happen is going to be the most non-normal thing that ever happens in your life. But in context of what you already believe, what else you got to lose? Say, speaking in tongues is crazy. You already believe that God wrapped himself in flesh and came to the world as a baby and was born of a virgin. That's crazy. You believe that this man walked around. You believe this man walked on water. That's crazy. You, you believe that he healed uh, and opened blind eyes. You believe that the cripple walked. You believe that this man raised people from the dead. But let me tell you what you also believe. That this man died on the cross in three days. He rose again and he sits at the right hand of the Father. If you confess and believe, what you already believe is crazy crazy. Do you think speaking in tongues is that crazy in context to what I already told you you just believed? They already think you're crazy. Might as well really give them a reason to call you crazy. Words are going to come. Sounds are going to come into your heart. Right? Because that's the spirit. Spirit. Spirit of God speaking to the spirit within you. Okay, the deposit of his spirit that guarantees what to come is inside of you right now. God's spirit is speaking to your spirit inside of you, the part that will last forever. I know it sounds weird. It sounds crazy. What happens is in your human body, what's, happens, what's happening in your heart, what you're hearing in your heart, it's going to go right here to your mind. And you're, you're listening to those words that are right here, right here, and your mind is saying they're dumb. You know why? Because this is the enemy's playground. This is why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you heard something in your heart. It went to your head and your brain. That physical gray matter says, this is stupid. You know what that is? That's the enemy echoing in your brain, trying to tell you that something that you got eternal from God is dumb right here in this physical nature. So you get words here. They go here for you to process. But here's the thing that has to happen. And this is where a lot of people get stuck. They hear it. They feel it here. They hear it here and they never let it come out here because of the lie that the enemy told them here. You're going to get syllables. You're going to get words. You're going to get The first time I ever spoke in tongues, I was 16 years old, and I was standing up in front of an altar at an old Pentecostal church, and I just kept saying the same syllable over and over and over. I won't even entertain you with what that sounds like because I don't want your notion of speaking in tongues to be skewed by what you hear come out of my mouth. I want what comes out of you to be authentic to your spirit, not mine. So what's going to happen is you're going to hear it here, it's going to transfer here, but you have to, listen, the Bible says a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came in. And it says that the disciples were in constant prayer. You know what that tells me? That they sowed a sound of prayer and they reaped the sound of the spirit. You got to sow a sound to reap a sound. It means you're going to have to open your mouth. You can get all the words here you want to. You can have all the prayer language in your heart that you want to. But at some point, it's got to go from here to here to here. And you got to speak it out. That's where the power comes from. Because you are saying, I'm done with fear. I'm done with confusion. I'm done with the enemy holding me back because I'm not going to let him defeat me here. I'm going to speak it out. In faith. This is where faith comes in. Faith says, I'm going to speak it out right here. And I don't care who hears, I don't care who knows, I don't care because I know what I got is from God. So I'm going to pray. 
This is not traditional. Usually I'd be standing up in front of a crowd of people and I'd be saying this stuff at an altar. But I told you, we don't have to be in the same place physically. We need to be in the same place right here. So I'm going to pray. And some of y'all can get a prayer language right away. Some of you won't. You might be driving in your car later. It might hit you then. You might be with somebody else later. It might hit you then. But you got to have the faith to believe. I know this is a little longer than normal, but I want to take time to give you a solid uh, uh, understanding of the revelation that God wants to drop on you. So don't feel fear when you hear it here. Don't feel confusion when you hear it here. Speak it out in faith so that it comes out here and you know it's real. The reason you speak it, it's real once you've said it. If God spoke the world into existence, imagine what your spirit could speak into existence when you speak in tongues. I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you. Raise your hands where you are right now. You say, why? Sign of surrender. I told you it's not five steps of speaking in the spirit. I'm just doing this out of faith. I got a prayer language and it helps me. I pray that yours helps you. Father God, I pray that right now as these words leave my lips, God, I pray that this gift of speaking in tongues, the power of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, it's not for some of us, it's for all of us. All of your children that have repented and confessed that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, they have filled out the prerequisite, God. They fulfilled it, God. So I pray that you would release it in them right now, God, because it's not for some of us, it's for all of us. God, I also pray and know that we are all in agreement right now, the same way that your apostles, your disciples were, God. And it, it wasn't just for the men, God. It was for the women. It wasn't just for the young, God. It was for the old, God. It, it was, wasn't just for the rich, God. It was for the poor, God. It was for all of us in agreement, in alignment with you, God, because spirit speaks to spirit, God. But I pray that they would also know, God, that when it hits, God, it's going to hit them suddenly, God. Not by what they've learned, but God, you're going to give them revelation. You're going to enable it in their spirit, God. And I pray that they would use it to proclaim the name of Jesus boldly. But more than that, I pray that they would use it to live a life that proclaimed Jesus boldly. God, right now, release the language, God, across the earth of all your sons, all your daughters, all the men, all the women, all the ages, all the generations, God. I'm believing, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit, God, is falling on this house right now. As we come in alignment and agreement with you, God, I pray that it falls on your children. God, give them the faith not just to hear the words in their spirit, not just to take those words up into their brain, but I pray that they would defeat the enemy in their mind and speak them out their mouth. If you got the language right now, speak it out. Speak it out in the name of Jesus. Doesn't matter who's there, speak it out. Speak it out in faith. Speak it out in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm believing right now in your homes that the spirit is falling. Believe it right now in your cars, the spirit is falling. I'm believing right now as you watch your phone or your laptop, the spirit is falling. God, fall. Fall. We need that spirit. It wasn't just the spirit that you gave us to start the church. It was the spirit that you gave us not just to sustain the church, but it was the spirit that you gave us so that the church would thrive in the days and times that we live in. God, speak it out. Speak it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't let the enemy lie to you and let it get stuck right here, but speak it out in faith. Speak it out in faith. God, we thank you right now. Thank you for all those that have gotten their prayer language. Thank you for all those that will get it, God. Thank you for the ones that, that it'll be on the way, God. But let them know in faith, God. Let them know in faith they have access. It's not about understanding. It's about access. It's about access, God. Let them access the gift. The gift that you have given us to live the best life possible on this earth, God. We need it. We need it. We need it now more than ever. In days of confusion, in days of fake news, in days of lies, we need the Spirit to decipher the truth. God, I pray that our Spirit speaks to the Spirit. That when we don't have the words to say, when we don't know what else to pray, God, we will pray in our Spirit and we will be filled. God, I thank you right now. We don't understand it, but we know we need it. God, I thank you. 
thank you for all my brothers and sisters that received the gift today. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them in Jesus' name. And for all those that are still waiting, all those that are still working, don't let the timing of this podcast or this stream or whatever it is, however it is you're receiving this message, don't let the fact that the stream may cut off stop you from pursuing something that God wants you to have for all of eternity. I'm believing in faith with you. I'm in agreement with you because I know the impact of the Spirit on my life and I want it to have that impact in yours. Man, church, thank you so much. I'm praying and believing right now that people are getting prayer languages. If you get in that prayer language, man, tag who church say, I got my prayer language. Write it in the write it in the chat. Let every, man, I got my prayer. Like you should be you should be proud of your prayer language because your prayer language is gonna help you not endure in the hard times. You're gonna thrive. And you're gonna win in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all so much, man. Hey, I know we do this every week, and I I, I didn't do it yet, but I want to do it right now. If you met Jesus or if you got a prayer language, I can guarantee you what's happening in heaven. There's a party going on. And we celebrate salvation at Cool Church. So for the next five seconds, start hitting those hearts, start hitting those likes, start clapping. If you want to Zoom, start shaking those screens. And let's celebrate people that met Jesus and people that got their prayer language today. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray that revelation continues to pour out on your people even after this stream is over. In Jesus' name. Man, fam, I love y'all so much. I hope and pray that God reveals something new about his spirit in you today. Don't give up. Say, oh, it didn't happen, Pastor. I'm discouraged. Keep believing in faith. It will happen in Jesus' name. Amen? Father God, I thank you. For the greatest people in all the world, the people of Cool Church, God bless them. As they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in, they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. And God, I pray that you would reveal yourself, reveal your spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues to my brothers and sisters. If it didn't happen now, I pray it happens this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.